Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This is the Frey podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. This is what I want. This is what I need. If you don't have to go, I can set you free. Are you going to make a move? Are you going to come and see? Whatever you want to do, you know what's cool with me. Welcome to today's podcast. This one is a conversation with Nat, also known as Kiki in the Quads. You may have seen her on Instagram, where Nat shares her family life, which includes having five young children and being a mum of quads, as the name suggests. So Nat and I get into her journey of finding out she was pregnant with four babies at once, what it was like during pregnancy, what the early weeks of having four newborns and a toddler was really like, and how she maintains her really positive, sunny disposition. Nat was an absolute breath of fresh air to speak with, and I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. So let's get into my chat with Nat from Kiki and the Quads. Nat, thank you so much for taking time out of your one child-free day to have this conversation with me. I've been so looking forward to speaking with you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Do people call you Kiki? Because your Instagram is Kiki in the quads. (laughs) All the time they message me, like private message me on Instagram, like, hi, Kiki, just wondering. And then I have to do the awkward, like, oh, that's actually my daughter's name. I'm Nat. They're like, oh my gosh, sorry. (laughs) All the time. I can imagine when you're out and about as well, if someone follows you, they'll be like, oh, hey, it's Kiki in the quads. (laughs) Yeah, that happens a lot, actually. And sometimes I'm, I feel sorry for the person. I don't even correct them. But uh, yes, if I'm writing back, I do say, oh, like from Nat, in other words, like what? <laughs> so Kiki is your firstborn? Yes. Yeah, a four-year-old. Yeah. And then you went on to have four at once. Yeah. Overachiever. <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> yes, overachieving. <laughs> so uh, yeah. tell me. Like, what was it like when you found out that you were pregnant with four babies at once? Honestly, like, I still can't even describe that feeling of, okay, to be honest, I thought I was having twins. So I went into my scan. I was really sick really early on and twins ran in my family and I was adamant that I was having twins. So I and asked- was this a, sorry, t- just to jump in here, were you, did you conceive naturally? No. No. Okay. So I um, used what they call ovulation induction to conceive both Kiana, our firstborn, and we went through the same exact same process um, that we used to conceive Kiki for the quads to try and get baby number two. Ended up with two, three, four, and five. Um, yeah. So I actually was went into that scan like Adam and I was having twins because I was quite unwell, and yeah, the feeling is is indescribable because. You, you can't comprehend, like, no one has four babies at once. No one does that. That's not normal. That's like, what? You're kidding. And he's like, no, like, there's four heart, beating hearts in there. So did the sonographer put the thing on your stomach and you were like, you know what, 
I think that you're going to find two heartbeats. Yeah, well, I said, is there any chance I can film this? Because I'm pretty sure I'm having twins. And he was like, no policy, we, we can't. I was like, okay, I understand. But my goodness, I wish I like, I would yes. pay so much money to see my face or see my husband's face or see the sonographer's face again because it's obviously a bit of a blur now. But um, complete shock and disbelief, honestly, disbelief. Yeah. Did you laugh? Did you cry? Did yeah, you that real ha- awkward like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very much like an awkward laugh and, yeah, it was, yeah, he was, yeah. <laughs> so where, where to from there? When you heard the words there are four heartbeats, I imagine you're having a reaction, your partner's having a reaction. What's the next step there? Because I know myself having twins the sonographer said to me, you're automatically considered a high-risk pregnancy, which now sounds laughable in comparison to having four <laughs> no, at once. But is that, you know, we kind of like, okay, you're going to now have to go down the, I don't know whether you were intending on going to, through private care. Like was it just like a whole other conversation of where to from here? Yes. Well, you know, it's I, I was not familiar with multiple pregnancies at all. So when he said like, you know, this is actually an extremely high risk pregnancy, you need to contact, you know, your healthcare provider or GP immediately and you'll need to fly down to Perth. We were living remotely up in, you know, a com- community like 16 hours north of Perth. So oh, truly. Yeah. So we had to fly down to Perth to see the specialist. Um, but yeah, then we obviously unfortunately got given all of the options to not, you know, to terminate the entire pregnancy, to selectively reduce it back to twins because it was safer for me and the babies. Um, yeah, so it was quite a tough week because they want you to make those decisions fast. How far along were you? I was only seven weeks. When, it was like a dating scan because we had oh, to use wow. um, fertility to help me ovulate. Um, they like you to have a dating scan quite early so you can see basically when they, they can't go. I wasn't getting a period. That's I wasn't getting a period. I wasn't ovulating. That's why I needed to use um, some fertility treatment. So a normal person could kind of backtrack their preg- their period and be like, yes, and no, roughly. But because I'd never got my own cycle, they do what's called a dating scan so they can see how far along you are. So I was only seven weeks when we found out. And did they tell you, okay, you're only seven weeks you might find that naturally this pregnancy doesn't progress or naturally maybe only one pregnancy will continue. Yes. But then they're also asking you to make decisions as well. Yeah, they said there was a massive possibility um, that your body will just terminate the entire pregnancy itself. And I was more okay with that because maybe that was nature in my body saying like it wasn't safe than having to make that decision myself to say, you know what, let's get rid of two of them because it's just not something I could do. And particularly when you're so sick as well. Like I know, I know myself, I was really unwell with the boys and I can only imagine times that again by another, another two, it's really, really hard to think straight when you can't eat, when you can't keep things down, when you're just nauseous 24 seven, how did you guys make the decision to keep progressing? Um, like I said, I think if my body, we were just, uh, together, Khan and I were kind of like, once we'd seen those, we'd flown to Perth, we'd seen their heartbeats again and they were all still there. And like, just, I just had this feeling like I knew, and I said to my mom and I said to Khan, like, we're going to have four babies at the end of this. Like I'm having four babies. There was no doubt in my mind. I just, once we'd made that decision, I was so adamant and I just, I just knew that they were going to be okay and we were going to be okay. And so what was pregnancy like for you? 
cool. I was quite unwell for the first 16 weeks. Like I had a little bit of morning sickness and nausea with Kiana's pregnancy, my firstborn, but this was like, you know, the full vomiting and like it was a lot. Like it was and I imagine lot. like you would have been on those on Densitron Zofran wafers, but I don't do anything. I'm them left, right and centre. I'm like, it says you can only have four a day. I'm like, well, I've got four in there. so gonna have Four times four, four 16. <laughs> um, they really maybe took the slight edge off. But after about 16 weeks, that kind of did disappear, believe it or not. Um, but then came the like I'm a pretty fit and healthy person and I still continue to move my body, not to the capacity I normally would, but um, the pelvic pain and the rib pain, like I'm quite a short person and it felt like a monster tearing my ribs apart, like the burning rib pain that I had. I experienced it with Kiana too, but this was, I honestly for three months had like an ice pack or a heat pack. It was like cold, hot, cold, hot, just holding on my ribs because the burning pain Uh, I remember just crying in one of my scans to my specialist and I was like I need something like this burning rib pain is killing me and he was kind of scanning he's like yeah well you've got like two of the heads are right up under your ribs you know and I'm like oh well that's probably why they probably are tearing it apart I didn't know did you end up with broken ribs I don't know, but still to this day, I have a little bit of tenderness up there. It's like they bruise me forever. <laughs> like yeah, because I ended up with a cracked rib because of the positioning yeah, of right. one of the boys. And it's, I remember thinking, I just can't put a bra on. Yeah, like, so, so, yeah, oh, you poor little thing. I can but, um, only. I move like. The day before I went in to have them, I still plodded along to the gym. My mother-in-law was working at a gym, like she was managing a gym. And I was like, I want to come, I want to get out of the house. So I just like maybe sat on the bike for 15 minutes. But I, yeah, I was really like consistent with moving. And most people, um, I was a part of a quad page, quad pregnancy page on Facebook. And most of those ladies were in the States, but, you know, they all were on bed rest. Like no one did anything. Honestly, 90% of them ended up on bed rest for the last half of their pregnancy and I was so adamant like yeah I just kept moving and I think being maybe a little bit fit and healthy before probably helped but I did end up in a wheelchair like we were taking our you know two-year-old at the time around the zoo and things and I just couldn't walk for that long because of my rib and pelvic pain so Khan would just push me around in a wheelchair if we went to the supermarket or the zoo Um, and I was abnormally big like I, I never thought it at the time, but now I look back because people would stare and people would be like, you must be having more than one. And I was kind of would get offended like, oh, but I look back, I was insanely massive. Like I, like I've, I'm a little body, a short person. How tall are you? One, six, three. Okay. Yeah. So Small. I'm short and like I, with, I put on 25 kilos in like 30 weeks. Like I just went from 65 to 90 in a very short period of time and they just sucked the life out of me. Like I was just this ginormous, <laughs> ginormous quadruple basketball, I don't know. And did you have to move throughout your pregnancy? Because I imagine there's a lot more monitoring involved and you mentioned you were living remotely. Yeah, so I, um, we had to relocate down to Perth. My specialist asked me to be in the city from 24 weeks onwards. So yeah, we actually, um, my husband is a police officer and they were really kind in granting him like a compassionate transfer back down to the city. Um, yeah, because where we were living in the remote community, there was no resources for a multiple birth at all um, and being so high risk. And they obviously, the chances of going into preterm labor with multiples is really high. Um, they expected, you know, me kind of around that 30 week mark at, at the most. So, 
How did you mentally look after yourself through pregnancy? Because you already had Kiki. Yeah. So you already have an idea of what's ahead of you times four. Yeah. You know, it's, I think it's a different thing going into it with your first pregnancy. You'd probably feel a bit anxious and apprehensive, but when you've been through it, it's almost like, okay, I've seen the unseeable and I know what's ahead. Did you have those feelings and thoughts? You know, I think like I'm I'm a real sometimes to my disadvantage or my advantage. I'm like quite a I just always try and see the positives in life and I feel like the universe gives us what we can handle. I I think I am glad I had a baby first because God forbid having none and ending up with quads first. Like that would be like this woman who's reached out to me. She's had triplets and they're her first babies. And I'm like, you have no idea. Like even, even now I have no idea what I'm doing as a parent sometimes, but at least I'd had the experience of having one. So I somewhat knew what I was doing, you know, but multiples is next level anyway. But I feel like I'm glad we had Kiki first because I kind of had some clue of what was going on. One of my girlfriends has just had her second son in a very close time. And she has said that the second pregnancy and the second newborn phase, and of course this is worlds apart, you know, but she said that it's easier after the firstborn because she does know that the phases end. Yes. Whereas sometimes with your firstborn, you're like, oh my gosh, I'll never sleep again. Oh my gosh, I'll never get the hang of this. And you forget, don't you? Like I look back at the newborn phases of having the quads and, you know, it was like those three hourly feeds you would know with the boys. And, you know, we kind of had this rotation. So my mom and my mother-in-law kindly took off like six months off work to help us. We were like around the clock. We just had this routine. Like, so the 9 p.m. feed would be me and my mom. And then the, you know, 1 a.m. feed would be Khan and his mom or what. You would just have this. And by the time we kind of fed them, burped them, changed them, got them back to sleep, like the next, you know, it was just. Rinse and repeat. And you forget, like, you forget that sleep deprivation. And I am so blessed. My, like the quads are great sleepers. They have slept through for the longest time. Unless they're sick, we like I'm a routine person but they're pretty darn good and the odd time they might be unwell and they wake up once in the night I'm like what is this like but you forget there was a period where I was getting no sleep at all you know but you just like you said it's just a period and a phase and at the time you think how why like I'm gonna die but you don't you get through and to the next phase. During your pregnancy how often were you having scans and monitoring what was that like for you? Uh, so it started in the end, it was weekly, like every single week. I think it kind of went from monthly to fortnightly. And then, yeah, in those last couple of months, it was every single week. But my specialist, he was great. He was super happy with how I was, you know, plodding along. And yeah, he, I kind of went to him crying at about 30 weeks being like, you know, it's enough. They've, they've had enough. I've had enough. He was like, you're still smiling. Like they can stay in there. And I just remember going home crying and I would, every week I would, my husband would tease me because I would be the night before, like just make a script that I'm going to say to him, like, no, you know, they've had enough time. They need to come out. And I'd get in there and I would just like say nothing, <laughs> like a big hero. Because obviously, as you know, the longer that they're inside me, the better it is for them. But I was so uncomfortable and I was ready to have them out. Um, and I'd when- got 30 weeks. I set myself a goal. Like I'd, you know, done all this research of how far along other quads had got. And I was like, as long as I get to 30 weeks, like I've smashed my goal. Um, but yeah, I managed to get to 34, which is incredible for them because they're super healthy little cherubs. So. 34 weeks is amazing. Mm. And then a C-section. 
Yes, yeah. You don't have a choice. I think with twins, they can give you the option to deliver naturally because while you are delivering one, they're monitoring the other one in your belly. Whereas with quads, if I was delivering one, they can't, they don't know who they are kind of monitoring because there's three other babies in there. They might be monitoring one, but the other two could be struggling. So there's no safe way to make sure that the three in your belly because they kind of can't tell who they're monitoring because there's so many arms and legs and heartbeats in there. That makes sense. And did they go straight into special care? Yeah, so they were in NICU for only two weeks. Wow. Yeah, they all, one little Frankie, she was born just under two kilos, but the other three were all over two kilos. And they were on CPAP or a little bit of breathing assistance for 24, 48 hours at the most. And, and I think they were kind of more in the NICU for two weeks, just learning to breathe, um, sorry, learning to feed. They were obviously getting fed through the nasal gastric tubes and then their sucking reflexes weren't quite there. So after the first week, we were just kind of slowly um, incorporating the bottle until they learnt how to suck feed. And then, yeah, we were super blessed. Like, Did, yeah. did they all come home together? Yes. We had the option to bring home one, potentially two, like oh, at three weeks. Um, but then they all – we waited um, because – we still had a tenant actually renting our house out and it just worked out better. We um, just waited and brought them all home together at the one month mark. Yeah. And what was that like bringing home four newborns? What was it like for you, but also what was it like for Kiki, your toddler? Well, you know, we thought she was so grown up, but when we look back at photos now, she was just she still was a baby. She's yeah. still a baby now. Like she's only four, but she was two. So I look at the quads now and I think that's how old Kiki was when the quads came home. Like I can't even imagine, but I think we kind of not forced her to grow up, which is a little bit sad, but she, yeah, she was their big sister, but she was just a baby. She's still like hundred percent dependent on us for everything. But like, I just posted a video, a picture on my Instagram last night, actually of Kiana. She was sitting in our theater on like the recliner and she had like puzzle pieces they were numbers and somehow she'd got all the quads to line up they were sitting down on the ground with their backs against the wall and she was like holding up each number like she was the teacher I was like hey how did you get them to sit and be still and quiet and listen to you and like it just melted my heart because I remember not like say six months ago I'd be talking to my friends saying I can't wait till the quads are like a little bit older where they can join in on that imaginary play like Kiana wants to be the shopkeeper and you be the customer because six months ago Kiana would build a tower and the quads would just destroy it like they just weren't quite and I walked in last night I'm like oh you don't want to wish their lives or their seasons away but I thought oh my gosh they're at that it's a glimpse playing like and it's only going to get better like that would have to be one of the most amazing things when people say like what's the best thing it's it's the bond like you know yourself when you have one baby everything they do you're like you've got rose-colored glasses and you think they're the cutest things ever and they're like every little milestone they make like oh my god they did this this and this and like you know that's the blessing of having multiple children is I get that five times over like every little dance they do or word they say or watching Kiana you know teach them last night I'm like this is amazing like I am so blessed coming from someone that for you know six years couldn't conceive and now I have these five adorable crazy little you know munchkins running around but yeah I'm super blessed it is so true. You get five times the first words and the smiles and the hugs, but then you also get that crossover seeing their bond. Yeah, it's amazing. Really special. Like, obviously your boys are older and I just, I hope like, I hope that my kids 
Khan and I are very family orientated and we have close families and I just pray that my kids like stay super close and that they have an awesome bond. I'm sure they will. When you bought home the quads, did you have plans to sort of go straight into using a routine? Were you like, you know what, this is going to be how we do it? Or did you think we'll play it fast and loose? Did you have like a... I am a routine person. Yeah, okay. Like I am. I just, yeah. Um, I don't, I think we, we ended up in a routine and it was just easier. Like you never want to be that mum. like, I can't do that. That's when my kids nap or I can't, but like, I don't just have one kid or I don't just have two kids. So you need it to survive. You do. You do. And it just makes everyone's life easier. We have like an amazing village of people that helped us and still help us. And we had these books, like I was gifted these books, um, and they just saved my life. Like I'm, I'm quite old school. I write everything down still. I'm not super like technology savvy. So I, I had these books and it was like when they're fed, how much they were fed, when they slept, like everything was just recorded. So anyone that came to help us or. Log books. Yeah. Like, and it saved my we life. We did the same thing. Them. Um, and it just made everyone's life easier. We knew what was going on. And then like the people that helped us every week, they knew when their routine slightly changed or, you know, as they get older and they might not sleep as much and what have you. But we did end up, and to be honest, I have pretty well stuck, even now, like they still nap from this time to this time. And um, depending on when they wake up is when they go to bed. So I, okay, yes, I definitely am a routine person. <laughs> Makes my life easier. You're in good company. I'm all for it. Like I, I've always spoken about routine. And yeah, it sometimes gets a bad rap because you do become that parent often that's like, oh, can we do it at this time because that works with their sleep? Or can we meet at that time because they'll be happier and they play? But it really is like a a tool in surviving and being able to thrive because it gives you that structure. It gives you that time to go there is going to be an end to this day. So then you can show up and be the mum that you want to be during those wake times. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you push it out, then you've got grumpy kids and then, or they might be overtired and not sleep. And you're the one, like I'm the one that has to come home with them and deal with like you, your friends might say, oh, no, it's fine. Don't worry. They're okay. Look, they're happy. I'm like, yeah, they're happy now, but then I'm going home with an overtired. We're five minutes away from a disaster. Yeah. And you aren't, you're not coming home to help me. So yeah, that's right. Like you never, and I definitely, you know, push the boundaries, but all in all, yeah, I thrive on routine, like for myself personally and for my family. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And you mentioned that you had your mum and Khan's mum helping with night feeds and things like that. How long did you have that overnight help for? If you remember, um, I'm it's probably say all six a blur. Months. Yeah, yeah. I know that um, Khan's mum went to work, to work around six months and maybe my mum nine. So, yeah, a good, you know, a good first half of that year. Yeah. And as I said, we were lucky. They started sleeping through maybe before they were one, you know, probably around that nine-month mark, you know, consistently. Um, yeah, so – and we still have an amazing village of help. Like every night we have someone come around um, to help bath, dinner, just those crazy hours kind of from like four till seven. Kiki, you know, she 
not that she needs, we still want to read her a book at night and she still needs help. And I feel kind of, and I can do it by ourselves, don't get me wrong, but it's not fun. It becomes more like a chore and a production line. So having that extra set of hands, it means we can really enjoy that time with the kids, not be like, okay, in out bath, in out bath, or, you know, what have you. So, yeah. Yeah, we still, we still have an amazing village. How have you navigated, you know, and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but just as a fellow mum, how have you navigated any feelings of mum guilt surrounding spreading yourself across five young kids? It is definitely a high on the negative of having so many kids. When people ask, what are the hardest parts? I've got a couple, but that would definitely be one because I'm by myself. I'm, I have help a lot, but I'm also by myself a lot. And with four two-year-olds, there's always one that's, you know, had a toy snatched off them or might be feeling a bit down. And you want to comfort. As a mum or a parent, you want to comfort your kids when they're not feeling 100%. And when I'm cuddling one and then someone else needs me, like, I, I physically don't have enough hands and I never will have enough hands, but it's just learning like if I'm cuddling one and someone else needs me, like I sit down and say, okay, Madison, like move over. Frankie can, you know, come have a cuddle too. They're kind of at that stage now where like if you're cuddling one, they're like, no, no, to the other one. Like they don't want to share your cuddles, but I guess they will just learn right now. They, they don't know that their situation is unique. You know, they're only two, but maybe as they grow up, they'll realize that having four siblings born on the same day as you isn't normal um but they have like our help that comes and we've kind of not narrowed it down but the the five or six people that help us every single week and have done for the last two years now they are a part of our family like my kids love them and they love my kids so they our kids get a lot of love from both Khan and I and their grandparents and our amazing village but the mum guilt is awful because especially when they're sick and we have been hammered for the last two years we have been absolutely hammered with so much sickness and it breaks my heart like when I'm cuddling one and one is just sitting there looking at me like mum I need you too like it, it is awful but I just do my best like I can only do what I can you know I can physically do but I just I speak to them a lot like while I'm cuddling Frankie I'll be saying my oha like I'm just giving Frankie a cuddle because she's not feeling great and then I will you know I'll come to see you but I hope that they feel as loved as I love them. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that they would. Um, and I think that's such a beautiful point that you raised there, Nat, about they get love from their village as well. Yeah. You know, like you are not that's the okay. only fountain of yeah. love in their life. And to sort of encourage that and to look at the gifts of that and I guess to also just accept your limitations and go, you know what, there's always going to be a fire that I need to put out. Like I'll be in the middle of putting one out and there's another one burning over there and it's just a continual surrender, accept, surrender, accept. It's, yeah, it, it's the rare time when I'm like not needing to comfort anyone. <laughs> what do you do for yourself like to look after your, I guess, mental health and to meet your own needs because I can only imagine when you've got five such young dependents on you, it is hard to look after yourself and meet those needs. But have you found a way to sort of do that for yourself? I do. As I said, I'm, I love like my fitness and moving my body. So I, 30 minutes a day at least, like I'm, I'm super lucky. I get to my local CrossFit gym, maybe like four mornings a week I go to a 515 class and literally race out the door and get back so Khan can walk out the door at 6 30 um 
or we have a home gym set up just like you so I will get out there I also like have started probably only in the last maybe three to six months is when the kids nap I don't have anyone at my house um, during that time because we have we've had a lot of people at our house a lot throughout the first few years and we still have I don't like to say it's a negative because I never want any of my amazing helpers well they're my friends um to take that the wrong way because without them like we would not be this happy family unit it would have been really hard work I'm forever grateful that they have selflessly given their time to help Khan and I raise these kids but it is hard always having people in your house always yeah always being on it's like and it's just like you can't always wear what you want. I can't walk out in my knickers or I can't like, you know, you just anything. Even as, even like having a kind and I might, he might do something that I might be like, oh, I might do something. But we can't even have a heated discussion because, you know, people's, you know, like just. Yes. Oh, I'm sitting here <laughs> nodding because I can, I can remember being like, I can't even walk out to my kitchen without a bra on. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> like one of my kids might be whinging and I might just be happy to leave them because kids just whinge. Or I might just want to sit and scroll mindlessly on my phone for five minutes but if I got someone here I'm like they're probably thinking your kid's whinging why are you just sitting on your phone you know anything so this sounds terrible I no it doesn't it doesn't it's so it's so refreshing like, and to hear and like I don't want any of my helpers I they will all listen to this because I've told them that I was coming to chat to you today and I um like they, no, they'll understand what you're they saying they do understand and honestly the core five that we have like they're like my my second mums and nans to my kids now and they as I said I'm an open book I leave so I just do what I want now anyway but I've made sure that when my kids nap it used to be earlier but say now from 12 till 2 I don't have anyone at my house and I try and sit outside in the sun for 10 minutes and read my book or I do my exercise or I just make my lunch and sit in peace and do meditation or watch something on Netflix I just and Khan my husband has really encouraged me to do that because I I really struggled with always needing to get things done and actually listen to one it was on one of your podcasts about being okay that there's always going to be dishes or there's always going to be washing because we're forever eating we're forever wearing clothes and I was just always that person that had to don't sit down until it's done but then I would spend the three hours my kids napping running around doing everything and then they'd wake up and then like it's go time <laughs> when you've got five little kids under the age of four it is go time 24 7 so I would never get me time and I kind of was slowly feeling like I'm getting to that burnt out time. So now I will make myself lunch and I'll sit down if it's for 10 minutes or half an hour and think that can wait because there is always going to be stuff to be done around the house that is just life. So for me, like Khan has been so good in just encouraging me like, babe, I don't care if there's dishes when I get home, just you can't be on the go all the time. Women, mums, I think we're all guilty of that but I do, I've the last six months I've been like reading and going for walks and just doing something to fill my cup and you as cliche as it sounds you can't pour from an empty cup and it makes me a better mum makes me a nicer wife you know all those things we know it but it's sometimes you just feel guilty I feel guilty sitting on the couch eating my lunch when I can see pile of washing to be folded yeah absolutely that acceptance that the work day like the homework day is never done there's never a time when there's nothing to wash or nothing to put away no dishes it's just that perpetual having to remind yourself accept that it's going to exist and go and do something for yourself yeah yeah, yeah. hard to do yes. um you mentioned there that Khan's really supportive and encourages you to have your own time which is so beautiful how has having five young children impacted 
I guess your romantic relationship, but even not just your partnership with Khan, like friendships and things like that, because I imagine your life might be quite hard for some people to relate to. Yeah. Um, For our friends, like we're super lucky. They, I guess they just have to come to us. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, and in those early days, like you come to us and we, we have, I guess, you know, our friends that may not have kids or, you know, that they might go out for dinner every Friday and Saturday night or do those things. Like we just can't do those things. We can't afford to do those things. And we've got all these little kids at home. Like we get to do a lot and we make sure that we get to do things, but we're just in a different season of our life and, and that's okay. And it might be now that like Khan and I will go to CrossFit together on a Saturday morning and we take our kids and we've got a few friends that have kids that are say 11 and 13 and their kids come and watch ours so we can train together which is so beautiful and we're like again super grateful and then we might just all go to the park together and grab a coffee like times are just different and we're okay with that Khan and I aren't like people that go clubbing on the weekend or whatever if anything we'd just like to go out for dinner kid free (laughs) um but yeah our friends like our true friends have stuck by us and have been amazing help and helped us to whatever capacity like our friends have kids or they have businesses like they can't all be you know helping us but they they all help us in some way or another to the best that they can and as for our marriage um Khan and I have been together for like I was 18 we've been together for a long time I'm about to be 33 so yeah we have been through lots of ups and downs but if anything it's probably just made us stronger it's it's hard I'm not gonna lie like those first few months when you're sleep deprived and I say I'm a routine person Khan would say I'm a control freak is how he would describe it's a very fine line my love like really working I find myself like I'll go to say something I'm like nope and I remember having Kiana and the child healthcare nurse said to me your husband will do things differently to you and that is okay and I always try and remind myself of that as long as my kids are safe which they 100% are with him then it's okay that he does things differently and you know what I'd even go a bridge further Nat and say it's not just okay and as a recovering control uh freak as well always continual recovery um it's not just okay it's actually good for them like it's really really good for kids to have that resilience of oh this is getting done slightly different but in saying that I totally get why you freak out a little bit because it's you develop these systems and it's like these systems are crucial to survival and being able to thrive. And I often like just reflect again, like with my boys. And I think if there was just one of them, I probably would have allowed them to develop more resilience or do more things on their own, but it was easier for me to put their shoes on because it's like left, right, left, right, boom, let's get out the door. Like, you know, whereas for you as well, it's just easier for you to dress them all versus sitting there patiently for half an hour letting yes totally so these systems that serve us you know sometimes they're a double-edged sword but we do we do need them we do I'm with you no Khan and I we we do great I mean he has taught me to communicate I was like a bottler upper and then two weeks later be like but you said this He's like, what, two weeks ago? Classic move. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, well, he's really taught me to just communicate. And I think that is so important. Like we 
we have a unique situation and it is full on and we don't have a lot of time for ourselves, honestly. It's like at the end of the day, I have been giving so much energy, so much energy to five little dependents. Like, don't touch me. Don't talk to me. Like, I just want to sit here and do nothing. Don't need anything from me. (laughs) But um, we like... Years ago, I read the Love Languages book and we've recently kind of like re-gone over that because I like I do quite enjoy, I feel like that really makes sense to Khan and I and we do have different love languages. And I think it's just we have been through, you know, the ebbs and flows of relationships and we've there's been times prior to conceiving, we went through, you know, a rough patch where neither of us handled not being able to conceive very well when all of our friends were falling pregnant and we become very complacent you know we'd been together maybe seven to ten years and we just became passing ships in the night and you just you just stop you stop trying you stop any communication and you just live but we are both um very much like the grass is greener where you water it like we will forever just keep choosing each other because we made that choice and he is an amazing husband and amazing dad. I'm so, so lucky because our life is freaking crazy. <laughs> like, it is crazy. No, no one really, unless you've, like, lived a day in our life and people come and help us, but then they get to go home, right? Yeah, their shift ends. <laughs> you know, like, our shift doesn't end in this house. So I think, like, we've done a bloody good job. And I, if you ask Khan, I'm sure he'd say the same, that we are probably the strongest we've ever been in our relationship and I'm just super blessed that I've got like he makes me laugh he's a little bit of a clown sometimes too much of a clown when I'm trying to be my serious routine control freak but I think like we complement each other yeah it's not easy but we both know like when we start to get complacent and you can feel that that we just both need to up our game a little bit you know like he needs to do more chores around the house. I need to initiate love time more, you know, bit of give and take. You know, something general like these exact specific things. <laughs> uh, excuse me for coughing there in the All background. Right. It's always the way when I'm recording. But um, you can see, like I can see how genuinely happy and positive you are and it's so beautiful to hear a little bit more about your journey. Have you had times throughout the last couple of years where you've just felt purely overwhelmed and like it sounds it sounds awful to say but like why me like why is this my reality or have you always maintained that positive positive kind of disposition um I definitely have that positive demeanor it is who I am and I feel I've always kind of been that way I will say yes I have felt that way and no one likes admitting that out loud and I think every parent has. Yes, of course. To be clear, I think every parent has had a moment where they're like, oh, my gosh, why, how is this my reality? Yes, and I I have. When all the kids are sick and that mum guilt and I can't hug them all or when I'm sick of having people in my house or when I'm – I get jealous. There's been times where why can't I just have one or two kids? Why can't I be normal? Why can't I throw Kiana and my second baby in the car and go down to the grocery store? Or or, like it's not – that's a really – hard thing I find I'm a go-getter and like I've kind of trained Khan to be the same I don't want to sit at home all day because it's too hard to take my kids out I want them to experience the park and the beach and I want to get to the gym and take them with me or whatever and I find I really I struggled with it's not safe for me to do anything by myself so I'm always asking people to help me so even though 
I'm capable of taking all my kids to the park. It's not safe. What happens if one runs onto the road, one's fallen off the slide ones? You know, I can do it, but it's not safe. I can't safely take five kids under the age of four to the beach. Whether as if I had Kiana, who's fine at the beach, and one baby, I could sit with my baby and kicks could splash and it's it's fine. But I always feel like I'm forever asking, if I want to do anything, I have to always rely on other people. And that sucks. <laughs> and as I said, I've got a village of a core group of people that have helped us. Before before having the quads, they were they were people I knew but or knew of, but they're literally a part of our family now and they're happy to help me. So I'm so grateful and blessed for that. But I always have to ask people like, I want to go to the park on the weekend. Can you come? You know, and that like I get overwhelmed because I, I just want to. I just want to go and do something, but it's not safe. It's not that I can't or I don't want to. It's just it wouldn't be a smart move, you know. Yeah, but no, I do. I do feel that way, and I. I always try and my kids don't miss out. Like someone did say to me the other day about, oh, your kids, you know, poor little things. They don't get, you know, they miss out on normal things like going to the grocery store. And I got quite teary-eyed, a little bit like defensive. Um, I was like, yeah, they, they don't go to the grocery store because I can't physically push a trolley and a quad pram at the same time. No, of like, course I not. Don't. I do click and collect 90% <laughs> of the time. Um, and Madison, because she's sick home from daycare today, she actually got to come to the grocery store with me this morning. Lucky girl. But people, I'm like, well, if you have four two-year-olds, then then you can tell me, you know, that my kids are missing out on simple things like going to the grocery store. And, yes, they might, but I make up for it. Like, we, they don't miss out. I take them wherever I can that's safe and I've got the help. But that's probably one thing I really struggle with is I know people are willing to help but it's not nice always asking people to help so I can do something. Yeah. And even when you were just telling that story then about saying, oh, like your poor kids, they miss out on going to the grocery store. No, they're not missing out on going, like going to the grocery store. I don't think that's many people's integral, joyful memory of their childhood. And you can tell that they are in such a loving family dynamic. They're not missing out on anything. And I can also see for you just that's like it just speaks to what a good mum you truly are to accept your limitations in keeping your kids safe yeah. because to speak to the ego it would be so nice to be like this is fine I can take my quads and, and my four-year-old out you know because you value capability as part of your identity I imagine and so to have to concede you know you're capable but to concede and going to keep these kids safe I can't do this on my own, what an amazing mum you are yeah. to like know your limitations. You know, like if I'm going to recruit help, like if I'm going to ask a couple of my friends, let's do this, it ain't going to be to take my kids to the grocery store. It's going to be to go to the beach yeah. or the park, right? Like somewhere fun. So I'm like, I save my help. I try not to ask a lot over the weekends and things because they help me through the week. But I'm like, if I'm going to recruit some of my helpers special selfless time, then it ain't going to be go to the, get a loaf of bread. It's going to be like do the bloody circus or something. I don't know. Absolutely. And people listening will have one two-year-old that has never been to the grocery <laughs> store because of the beauty of click and collect. Yeah, so right. you're in you're Thanks in good company. Life. Yeah. Um, one other question that I just wondered about as you were speaking then about recruiting helpers, have you been able to do everything so far 
with the help of friends and family or have you had to actually have paid help come into the home? No, no paid help and we're super blessed. We There was a few things locally like the Red Cross and maybe like some emergency care company um, but we never, fortunately, we never had to use them. We have just been able to do it with immediate family, close friends and then like for example – one of my helpers is who comes every week. She's one of my good friend's mum. So her kids are grown up or, you know, my other friend, she only works part-time. So it's just people that have the capacity to help us. And like I said, they, they're they not helpers. They're our friends now. We really class them a part of our family. But we have been very lucky to not have to pay for help um, financially. It's tough. Like we're on one wage. I obviously get a little bit of money from Centrelink as well. But just on the one wage, yeah, we're very lucky we don't have to pay for help or haven't had to pay for help. That's amazing. You are such a breath of fresh air. And I said it as soon as you came onto the screen. I was like, oh, oh, you're really beautiful. Like you just have such a beautiful energy. And then I went, oh, that's probably not appropriate to comment on that. But I just meant like you're so sparkly. You're just an absolute pleasure to speak to and get to know. Where can our listeners connect with you and follow your journey as well? Yeah, so I publicly share, as I said, I'm an open book, sometimes too open. So Kiki in the Quads is my Instagram handle and I just share my daily life. It's a little bit about me too because I like I love my training and things and I still like to share that even though a lot of people tell me they're on my platform purely for my kids. It's still me and, you know, one day my kids will grow up and I'll still be me. So be prepared to um, see things about myself as well. But I share a lot of crazy mornings, cute nights, and yeah, everything in between of our daily life of five kids under the age of four. You're doing an incredible job, like truly, truly an incredible job. And I will put your Instagram handle in our show notes so that all of our listeners can jump over and have a glimpse into your beautiful family life. But thank you again so much. I know that today is like your one kid free. <laughs> I was gonna say kid free day, but it's not really. Like the school day is not a kid free no, day. It's just like a Every five hour window. Often, yeah, that's right. Yeah, at and best. it goes far too fast, right? Like days when I've got all my kids, it's like dragging on. Never ending. Like one kid free day. I'm like, it Blink is not one thirty already. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I will let you get back to that day. But again, I'm so grateful for your time, and I'm sure everyone will jump over to check out your beautiful family. Thank you for having me. This is what I want, this is what I need If you don't have to go, I can set you free Are you gonna make a move? Are you gonna come and see? Whatever you wanna do, you know what's cool with me Whisper in the dark, whispers in the dark You come to play, don't you? Looking for
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.